Akashic Records. What's the difference between an Akashic reading and a psychic reading? Hi, I'm Stacy, aka Kiddo Moon. I'm a born psychic medium, and I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to help you better understand what the Hall of Records, or some call Akashic Records, is really all about. Also, of course, everyone's favorite, the Q&A. In next episode six, will be all Q&A and I will answer as many questions as possible. So if you have been planning to write in, make sure you do so soon. Thank you so much for writing in. So keep listening and I hope you enjoy today's chat. I have visited the Akashic Records once in astral form. At the time, I didn't know what Akashic Records were, but some years later I realized where I had been taken to. This happened in my, mm, I would say my early 20s, out of nowhere while I went to sleep. I suddenly found myself in a huge, never-ending hallway with many doors on each side. My guide was next to me and told me we had to wait. A male spirit then came up to us and told me he worked in the Hall of Records, and I'm not allowed to enter any of the records unattended. He said the amount of knowledge would leave me forever lost and overwhelmed if I was left unattended. My guide then told me to go ahead and follow this librarian, and he would be here to take me back when I am done. As we passed by, I could see that most doors were closed, but some were opened. Between doors, there were a few empty waiting chairs next to the wall. I looked into one doorway and saw a lady typing on a typewriter with piles of paper next to her. I asked the librarian if they have secretaries and typewriters up here, and he said no and yes. He told me that what I was seeing was how my mind could interpret what was happening, and if I were to see it as it really was, it would not make sense to me. He said, This energy form is processing new information coming in. You are visualizing it as a secretary typing on a typewriter. So we then continued on and passed by one or two souls sitting on a waiting chair. I asked the librarian why they're all alone. He said they cannot enter the Hall of Records unattended. They are waiting for their guide to assist them with the knowledge they seek. We finally come to a stop in front of a door and he invites me to go in. I enter a room about the size of a large living room. It looked like a mini movie theater. There was a podium in the middle with a massive book and a huge movie screen on the wall ahead. He stood next to me and showed me the book. He explained to me that this is my soul's book where all lives I have experienced on different planets, different dimensions, different realities are documented. They either record experiences in the spiritual plane, even right now is being recorded. He then asked me what I want to know about my soul. I told him I wanted to know why I chose this life with such a tough childhood. I then thumbed through the pages and it automatically stopped and the movie screen ahead lit up. I was now watching my decision to choose the parents I have and the people I would encounter in my youth. The people who treated me badly made sense now. I no longer viewed them as bad people. They just made really bad choices. I learned quickly that I chose this life for several sole reasons. One is I had a karmic energy that I had to resolve with these people and vice versa. 
I also understood that going through hard experiences early on can lead to a huge jump into the ascension of your soul and help you grow into your purpose faster. It's like getting done with all the bad right away so I could focus on my true purpose early on. I acquired a lot more knowledge from the counter, and I'm only telling the summarized version here. After I was done, he said, it was time for me to sit on this new knowledge and grow from it. Once I have grown from it, I would be welcome back to learn more. Information is provided only bit by bit so your physical human mind can catch up. As we walked back, he explained to me that this is a place that any soul can visit, but if you were to find yourself here alone, you would have to sit and wait for a guide to take you to your book. If you find yourself wandering around, you can easily get lost and take on the information of others and many other things that are not for you. This is why souls can enter here with questions but leave with answers that make no sense. They're not reading from their own book. Only your soul can access your book. You can ask a guide for help and information if there is other knowledge you wish to seek. So that is the summarized version of my experience. This is also why I do not do Akashic record readings. I feel the information people receive from other readers isn't their sole truth. Oftentimes I find that Akashic readers are either reading people psychically or simply getting random information. This is just my opinion based on my experiences. There is, however, an alternative to the Akashic Records for those who seek answers. My spirit guides and angels have named it The Funnel. I have asked if they could think of a better name, and they kept saying Funnel, so Funnel it is for now. <laughs> the Funnel is basically you. You are the Funnel. You are funneling in all the information from the Akashic without being conscious of doing so. You are also experiencing different timelines of your soul journey at the same time. This includes past lives and current lives in alternate realities. If you want to learn more and are not afraid of some math language, I highly recommend the book The Fourth Dimension, A Guided Tour of the Higher Universe by Rudolf Rucker. The main advantage with the funnel is that a reader can pick up the current Akashic messages you are receiving now without having to look for your book. It can be a bit like the cliff notes of a novel. It is part Akashic, part soul, part higher self, and of course, part spirit guides. Note that you can always visit Akashic Records by yourself. You do not need special certification or need to pay someone a lot of money to access this information. You are always your best source. Just trust in your own intuition and higher self. You can also access your own funnel anytime. Sometimes focusing on your crown chakra can be the simplest way to access the messages funneling in. Same way as you would intuitively read someone, you would read yourself. Now, this does take time and practice, and it only works bit by bit, so make sure to not overwhelm yourself. So the last part of my segment, and our favorite, the Q&A. These are my opinions, so please take them as such.
Hi, Stacy. How do you stop having sleep paralysis demons visiting you? The more I channel my intuition, the more sleep paralysis I have. Leon. Well, hi, Leon. Oh man, I am so sorry you're having bad sleep paralysis. It used to happen to me quite often when I was less experienced about how to handle my own energy. When we leave ourselves open energetically while we sleep, it's pretty common to have sleep paralysis or even night terrors. So many times sleep paralysis happens because our consciousness is awakening, but the signal to our bodies to awake hasn't responded or connected yet. Our brains are still half asleep, so the things we see are part of our unconscious, and because we don't know that or understand what we are feeling, we see it often become something scary, like something sitting on you or holding you down. The something watching me can be just your conscious awareness waking up, but your unconscious dream brain is processing it as something outside of you. So that is the basic rundown of what often happens during sleep paralysis. However, there are times when it is an entity or something else that is draining your energy or messing with us. There is a person I know that was obsessed with opening her energy and intuition and did a ton of lucid and astral sleeping, so much so I feel it's been a detriment to the safety of her energy. She has complained all the time about sleep paralysis and often having lucid dreams of something bad like a demon taking advantage of her, and she feels helpless and wakes up extremely drained. She's also had sleep paralysis when earthbound spirits visit her. Instead of protecting herself, she was intrigued and invited into her home. Oh my god, well, you can guess the rest. <laughs> so when you are naturally intuitive or practicing a lot of rituals or meditations to open yourself up, you have to always protect your spirit and energy. This is vital to your well-being, period. I stopped having sleep paralysis many years ago when I started to take my power back as an energetic being. Instead of just leaving myself open and not putting up boundaries, I reminded myself every night before bed I was in control and no harm can come to me because I don't allow it. I also do a quick energetic cleanse and shield and ground and ask for my spirit guides and angels to keep me safe. This has helped me a thousand percent and even better i rarely have nightmares anymore the one occasion out of the blue if i have a scary dream it no longer frightens me because even in my unconscious being i know where i stand i'm safe i'm in control and i am the light of course practicing better sleep habits help a lot but pay attention to your surroundings in your bedroom do you have dark, scary things in your room? Example, horror posters or mask, etc. I'm not saying you can't have those things. I love scary movies, but I wouldn't have them in my bedroom. If you have a mirror facing you while you sleep, put a cover over it. Also, if you're a crystal collector, be aware what crystals you have by your bedside. Some crystals will induce a lot of crazy, scary dreams. Not intentionally, it's just the intense energy of the crystal. Too many crystals can also cause sleep issues as well. Example, 
I changed the knobs of my closet to these gorgeous amethyst geodes. I cleansed them, I blessed them, and although my sleep was okay, my dreams were ending up fuzzy and incoherent, which is not like myself at all. I then asked myself why this was happening, and right away I saw my crystals on my closet. Amethyst is great to have on your nightstand, but four was just too much. So I switched them out and put them in my office, and I already felt an immediate difference. I hope this helps, and I am wishing you calm, happy dreams. Stacy, how can you see auras? I feel people's energy all the time, but I can't see it. What ways can I start to see them? Forest Sprite Braylon. Hi, Forest Sprite Braylon. Um, well, I have seen auras since I can recall. I just didn't know that I could or was any different. I thought everyone saw what I did. As I got older and described what I saw to my mom and teachers, they told me I needed to get my eyes checked. After getting my eyes checked, the optometrist was confused about what I was seeing and said my eyesight was perfect, but I did have astigmatism. I just chalked it up to being a really bad, blurred stigmatism. But it didn't make sense why I only saw it on people and animals and other living things like trees, etc. But being a teenager, I didn't have the perspective to dive into it or simply to ask why. I just accepted it as normal and I just let it be. Now, I only see the light around living things. I don't physically see the colors. I do pick up the colors psychically. Um, my favorite thing to do is test myself when I come across an aura photographer. I will tune into people's auras, write down their colors and where, and compare after the picture is taken. And I've been right so far. It's really fun. Often with auras, people that are excited get really bright, and sometimes I will see a bright pop or even a little pop sound and tell the person what I saw, and often they will say, oh, I just had a really bright idea, or they had something big on their mind. Fascinating, huh? In order to see auras, it does take practice. I spend most of my energy dialing it down because it can be distracting to see it all the time. But... The tried and true practice is to have yourself or someone stand in front of a white wall and just focus on the top of your head. You will start to see a light or a white aura form around yourself or the person. The more you do it, the more you learn to open your eyes to see what is always there. Over time, you might start to see colors as well. Just because people can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Animals see so much more than we can. It doesn't mean what they see isn't real. Animals can see our body heat and auras as well. They can see and smell when someone is ill or when someone is happy. So if you're interested in some books about auras, I recommend A Little Bit of Auras by Cassandra Eason and Understanding Auras by Cassie Ull. These are two simple to understand books that have great illustrations to help understand and work with auras. Kiddo Moon, I love your podcast. It's interesting to hear your experience being a psychic and medium. I have seen and felt spirits since I was little, but I have kept it to myself. I once told my mom and she told me to never mention it again. What is your experience of coming out spiritually? Donovan. Hi, Donovan. Wow, great question. I'm sorry to hear you were 
taught to be afraid or dismiss your gifts. And that's not fair at all, but kudos to you for still being brave and wanting to open up more about your spirituality. That takes courage. I don't think I have ever formally come out to family and friends and say, hey, guess what? I see dead people. (laughs) As I recalled, I have always brought up how I saw spirits or ghosts since I was little, and I still remember some adults' faces being concerned because I was saying something true that I couldn't possibly know, and I think it was freaking them out. Or some just chalked it up as me being a kid and highly imaginative, which I am very imaginative. I always talked about these things openly and some of my experiences with everyone and I think people just accepted it as it is. When I officially started meeting people professionally, everyone was like, why didn't you tell me? But then they also weren't surprised either. (laughs) Um, So they had no idea the depths of my gifts and honestly, that's my fault for not sharing. I am a private person and with all honesty, I just don't feel obligated to tell everyone everything I'm experiencing. (laughs) If someone wants to know and is genuinely curious, by all means, ask away. I am an open book. I wish I could give better advice, but all I can say is just be you no matter what. I have gotten negative responses, usually from scared people, but would I want somebody like that in my life? Mm, No thanks. You attract what you are, so be you. Be the amazing, intuitive person you are, and so that if your parents have an issue about it, look at it this way. View them as not your parents, but just people. Why are they bothered by what you said? This will help you realize to not take on their own projections of fears, because it has nothing to do with you. As long as you are true to you and try to be a good person, they shouldn't judge you any differently. So stay strong, my fellow psychic. This concludes episode 5 of the Survival Guide of a Psychic Medium. Each episode is uploaded every Thursday. If you would like to send in a question for me to answer, you can do so via my website, kiddomoon.com, or simply email me at kiddomoon at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram under kiddomoon. Episode 6 is all Q&A, so if you have a question on your mind, please write in and maybe your question will be picked. Remember to stay kind to yourself and to others. Talk to you next time. 